0: Celebration Cancelled But you know it's not cancelled The Resistance Broadcast baby Not cancelled Sorry if that disappoints you We're back baby How's everybody doing Welcome to our Monday show It is TRB I'm John Thank you so much for joining us Uh, We're going to talk the latest news In Star Wars Uh, Yuma McGregor Getting a little chatty About the upcoming Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi series Feel like he's just Kind of keeping the flames at bay a lot of drama kind of getting churned up about that show he's like everyone just chill out i'm you mcgregor i got this (laughs) uh who's got this with me james and lacy as always um uh yeah so celebration canceled um we kind of knew in our hearts and minds that that was probably going to be the case it seemed less and less realistic the crazier things have been getting with the global pandemic and you know, you bring in international travel into the mix and uh theme parks, all this craziness. So uh now that it's officially canceled, we can call off uh JJ Abrams from appearing at uh, a prospective panel again, um and a bunch of other stuff. But how are you guys uh handling that? The I know we're all bummed out, but how are you guys feeling about uh celebration canceled? Lacey, I'll start with you since you're the biggest celebration. Ite of us of the three of us is celebration c- ite the word celebrator no, no. celebration
1: nope
2: Celebrati. Celebrati.
1: i'm super disappointed uh the funny thing is at the beginning of this episode i never know what john's gonna say when he kicks off the episode so i was smiling like hey welcome to the show and then he's like celebrations canceled and i just immediately was like let me just take back all excitement that I had <laughs> at the beginning of this episode. Right. Um, Yeah, like, I'm really, really sad. I, I knew it was coming. I think we all did, especially given the last two to three months of uh, everything that's going on. And ultimately, it is the correct call with the way things are pacing in California and also in Florida for people that want to go to Disney World. Um, but it's still disappointing, you know. This was something that... We were all looking forward to, uh, Star Wars fans were looking forward to, and um, I was just really excited to hang out with everyone, because I feel like I've made so many great friends and stuff online that I don't get to see ever, except at these events, and Mm. now I don't get to see them. And it's not even that it got, like, canceled and like, oh, that's going to happen next year. It's, like, not happening for two years. So That's what I was going to say, too, it's heartbreaking. Is that the worst
2: part Man, yeah. is it was straight canceled. No, no digital celebration, no postponed until next year, no um, or ne- next spring or something. You know, it just feels like they were like, oh, it's postponed till 2022, which was when we were going to do the next one anyway. Right. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had kind of speculated. Lacey, I think you were the first one I heard that from is that. They, you know, there's a reason they did 2020 because their plans were, well, let's get another celebration out of the way, do D23 in 2021, and then do them, you know, back and forth at Anaheim, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It just seemed to me like they just straight canceled and just said, guess what? It's not happening. But the, it, it, if there's a positive side to this, I still think there's probably news that they had planned to release that they still will release, but it'll be more like it won't be like an event where we get it all in one weekend. It's going to be just around the same time. So fall of this year, we may still get those movie announcements or whatever.
1: Yeah. I think also a lot of projects, especially with Star Wars Celebration being Star Wars, um, a lot of projects use Celebration as, like, kind of their milestone or, like, forcing their hand to say something about projects. And I feel like, if anything, this is allowing people to make uh, announcements when they have more information. Like, they're not going to pre-announce things. Because if you look back at... Um, past celebrations like even rogue one as an example they said a lot of different things for rogue one they said a lot of different things for the solo movie and then those didn't happen or things changed in the time that the next celebration came around so Mm -hmm. i think celebration will stat the star wars will still have announcements being made um but they're not going to be as many i don't think i think they're going to hold other things closer and they're going to save stuff for d23 i think too
0: I agree with that, and I feel like we kind of experienced that with Celebration in 2019, where we're all going in there expecting big reveals and big announcements. I know, that obviously, the, the whole pie bet thing with the Kenobi thing um, went down. Like, I'm beginning to realize that Celebrations aren't going to be used for these giant reveals anymore, for the reason you just said, Lacey. I think uh, they don't want to uh, have to reel things back in or, or yeah. fall or have egg on their face when... You know something happens but I also have this feeling that you know they, they were they were promoting and pushing like Daniel Kennedy said this is gonna be such a special celebration and I know he's not with them anymore but I, I had this feeling that it was gonna be good it was gonna be great and fun for all of us but in terms of like the spectacle of it they weren't gonna really have a lot um, if you think about what they had maybe you know Mando season two okay um, nothing was being filmed for Cassie yet nothing being filmed for Kenobi yet. So nothing else in the live action front, they could bring out Taika and be like, Yep, yeah, we already announced this, but he's here. Hi right. Taika. And then what else? Animation stuff. Okay. A
1: lot of concept art.
0: Like I, I almost feel, yeah, I, I almost feel like there's a sense of relief at Lucasfilm. Like that sure. this got canceled because
1: and Disney, I'm sure.
0: Cause it, it, it I think it would have been a kind of a, um, a letdown a little bit in terms of, um, spectacle for what the starburst celebration is known as the last five years anyway so um that's just my my thoughts on it because you know looking at it i would have had a blast would have been a great time but i don't think they would have really given us anything huge that they they would have put a lot of focus on the empire strikes back 40th anniversary probably Um,
1: yes it is interesting though in the past week or so how many people have kind of been like oh i heard that they were going to do this for a while and i'm like no one was saying this a year ago whereas i feel like I know, I heard from people like way before even Chicago that they were considering doing on and off years with D23. And now the recent thing that I've heard is, yeah, next year they're not going to do anything in the U.S., but they might do something international instead to get it back overseas. So, yes, Celebration Anaheim is back 2022, but then they might do some type of celebration and or star wars event internationally next year
0: but it won't be a celebration
1: it might be it's just some event that's being kind of thrown around
0: because mm-hmm. on the celebration site it's just it just says anaheim 2022 so if you go by right. the official celebration site there's no 2021 thing so maybe there's like you say a hodgepodge thing this is yeah. why
1: i'm saying this is what i'm hearing and not what they announced
0: oh <laughs> you're you're giving inside info here
1: yes okay <laughs>
2: well that's cool yeah. I mean I don't know Um, like uh, you, you think it's to, to try to push the international audience a little bit more and yeah because they were
1: you know they did Germany and then they did uh, California then they did London then they did Florida then they were doing Anaheim again and that international audience it costs a lot of money to come back over here all the time so I know In the years that i was working there you know tokyo was discussed at some point london again all different types of stuff so that's kind of i guess being discussed currently
0: i wonder if the return the box office returns um internationally like kind of stave them off from like is it worth bringing our celebrations away from the meat of our market
1: true yeah that is a valid question. But also, question. I think
2: the point is we need to have another celebration there in order to boost that market. I think that's but a. I don't know. I think
0: a celebration is after you have the established audience, not. But the whole thing about but.
1: having it internationally is that it won't cannibalize ticket sales for D twenty three. No, Which yeah. is what they yeah. were trying not yeah. to do. Yeah,
0: right on. Well, either way, it's a bummer. Uh, we're gonna miss seeing everybody. Um, but um, barring any. Craziness. We will see everybody in 2022 who's going, hopefully. Um but now we are going to move on to the resistance report. I feel like i got a sneeze coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the resistance report. <laughs> uh Yeah, James, go ahead.
2: It's the resistance all right, John, we got uh, a couple different stories here today. Um, some about Obi-Wan Kenobi, some about animated shows, some about game, video games coming out. And uh, But let's kick it off with that first one that I was talking about, which is Ewan McGregor is confirming, in fact, that they will be using the same visual effects technology that was featured in The Mandalorian. Now, this comes from an interview that he was doing with Ace Universe, and, uh, long story short, without reading the, the entire snippet, he basically just says like, yo, look at it. It's awesome. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's really cool. And we're going to be, or, you know, I hope that some of that stuff comes over. I'm pretty sure that we will. Uh, and he talks about how it's a lot different than obviously, uh, the, all the green screen stuff. Lacey, I'm start with you on this. What are your thoughts when you hear this, uh, confirmation of the, uh, type of tech being used on the new shows?
1: So first of all, it's very interesting that they uh, did this interview with Ace Comic Con because that's the company that did this interview. And Mm -hmm. I can only imagine it's because I don't know if you guys remember, but back in March, I was supposed to head up to Boston for their show with Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. And that was like the first thing that got canceled. I think that was like the turning point for Comic Con's like as soon as that happened, it was like kind of the ball started rolling. Um, But I'm glad that they did do this interview. I'm assuming it's because they probably still have a contract with him of some sort. Um, but he gave some really good in- input of where he's at, where Kenobi could be going. And then obviously with the volume, I loved seeing him with Winnie the Pooh. I know that's like not Star Wars, but it was very cute. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's rocking the beard. He's got like the Kenobi look. Like, love that. Um, and he just seems really pumped to be back in Star Wars and working. Um, in the Mandalorian space which I mean I feel like every time we hear about this thing like take a drink we've heard the volume like every interview with every person for the past (laughs) so many months but I'm just excited you guys know I love Kenobi I think he's the goat I'm excited for the series and anything that's new updates of things that are moving and progressing especially in the current status of like life uh is just good news to me
2: John, I'm throw yeah. you a little bit of a curveball. Oh, Do you think them geez. using that technology proves more that he's going to different environments? Because if it was just Tatooine, right, they'd just build a set, right?
0: No, I, I don't. I think it's just one of those things that um, they realize that they have something really special here that also is cost effective, but state of the art. Um, there's a lot of buzz around it and they can use it almost as a kind of a power move like this is what star wars is doing now like everyone else needs to step up their game like this is the deal yeah Um. what i find interesting about it i mean two things with this story um obviously they only spent three or four minutes talking about it um and i always find it and this is nothing against the interviewer but you always get the feeling when someone is dialed into what's going on in star wars or they're just like you get to interview Ewan McGregor and ask him about Star Wars, and sometimes you get the feeling that these interviewers really aren't like diehard Star Wars fans, and like bums me out. I kind of wish they get someone who's like knows their deal and they could like throw a couple mm-hmm. more questions mm-hmm. at him. But um, so it was still a cool interview, without a doubt. Um, but his first thing saying he think he thinks he's going to enjoy this more. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with he was pretty outspoken about the difficulties with trying to put on a performance. And I threw one of the images right in the article of him just just fighting Grievous and just completely surrounded in green. And the person he's fighting is is a blue man group pretty much guy in all blue. (laughs) Like, how do you get to the point where you're a Jedi knight fighting for your life with four lightsabers coming at you and all these environments and stuff when it's just not there that's a level of acting that it gets is overlooked, and a lot of people pan the prequels for some of the wooden acting and stuff. And yeah, Lucas's dialogue was a little choppy, without a doubt. Even J. W. Rinzler said he, you know, it would have been much better if they had a cat, Larry Kazin come in and touch it up. But it's tough sledding, and I don't know if they didn't progress technology over the last 15, 20 years if Hugh Mcgregor had wanted to come back. But I think he was on board and now having him having seen the Mandalorian what they do there I think he's even that much more excited like you just said Lacey Um, and and then add to the fact that they're filming this one in England at Pinewood Uh, so they gotta do the whole you know get your blueprint Ikea set together for the volume and build Mm -hmm. it get your ratchets and build this thing over there Um, but I think they're gonna go full bore with it and I'm excited to see what they do with it because you can bring up you know, Lars Homestead like that. You can bring up all these things like we saw in chapter five of the Mandalorian. They brought back so much of Tatooine. And even though that was one of my least favorite episodes of the Mandalorian, it felt 1977 Tatooine to me. I felt like I was on most ice, most Espa, wherever and all those locations, especially the, um, the cantina itself. And I don't know, it ju- it just gets me really excited what they can do for Kenobi. Again, I, you know, I've talked about, this is going to be the first time Ewan McGregor's acting, in Star Wars that's not written or directed by George Lucas. And while that might be a negative for some people, I think it's a positive because we've only seen him do work with him and do that. Now we get to see him with all this brand new technology. Deborah Chow, who is unbelievable uh, from what she's done with The Mandalorian as her as his director. Uh, You know, you have a bunch of other writers going in, and I guess they're trying to really tighten up this script. But it's a simple little tidbit that he gave away. But it makes me that much more excited about the series, and I also love that he doesn't know what the title is, so it doesn't have a title yet.
1: I love that he said you hello there. You gotta think there. the show's gonna be called Kenobi, Kenobi. story.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you guys, uh, do you guys think it was kind of a mistake that they went to Tatooine in Mandalorian? Because, you know, I I I remember listening to um, BSR, and they pointed out something that I didn't think of, which was when we visit it in rise of Skywalker, it's wasn't as interesting. Cause we were just on man. You know, we just saw a bunch of Jawas and stuff. And, uh, and then I thought, had they done it differently, you would have gotten the taste in rise of Skywalker. And then you would have really went back to Tatooine in the Kenobi show. I, you don't think No,
0: Cause I think Jack was Tatooine for being honest. Like, Oh really? Yeah. The desert planet bunch of peddlers walking around it was that same vibe um yeah
2: but you're not you're not there that's obviously yeah but we, we
0: we didn't see a Laura's homestead and like they they brought back that's the part of the
2: but you did see the cantina that's fine
0: that's fine but i think what made that scene with ray and maybe you guys will disagree for me is luke's home and that playing those like those little mystical notes with John Williams' music, and she slides down and looks at all this stuff being sandblasted over years, and those are memories trapped in time. Like that's sure. that's that's that scene. I don't think that changes anything for me. But
2: well, yeah, I mean, I get that. I, I I don't know. I just think maybe Tatooine. I mean, that could have been any planet, right? That they could have done that in Mandalorian. Jawas, I think that was. I don't know. They, they weren't on that planet, right? They were on a different planet. Those were off-world Jawas mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I was just kind of curious uh, what you guys thought about that because going back to Tatooine again and you're saying like adding all these new things, like I would hate to get to the Kenobi series and be like, it's Tatooine again, you know? And I was kind of hoping it would feel, or I'm kind of, yeah, hoping it would feel special. I don't know what I'm leading you guys on. Never mind. I, no, <laughs> I, understand,
1: yeah. I understand what you're saying. You're saying that like, you know, a lot of fans and they've uh, more people have said this than not. Is that like how many times are we going to go back to Tatooine? Yeah. So I totally understand that where it's, you know, they used it in the Mandalorian. Then you see it in the Rise of Skywalker, regardless if it makes sense in the story for her to go back there or not. And then now you're seeing a whole show that takes place there. You're like, okay. Here we are again, on Tatooine. How many how many planets are there in this galaxy that we keep going back to this one planet? And it, I get that. I just am so excited that it's Kenobi that I don't really care what planet he's on.
2: I just yeah yeah I'm you you guys you guys know me like I'm torn I'm mm-hmm. torn between uh, like understanding that the story says he's supposed to be on Tatooine the whole time, mm-hmm. but then also like you hear they're using this technology. I pitched John, you the question, you know, like, Hey, do you think they're gonna get- does this confirm that we're going to all these different planets and they get different environments? Cause, um, they need that. They need that technology to be able to change the sets up really quickly. Um, I think if they it was are. just, yeah, you think they're going to different places and definitely, I don't know. Yeah, all but
0: right. I just don't get, like, I love BSR. I just you know, I have to disagree with him here. I mean, Tatooine was in every Star Wars movie in the first six movies except The Empire Strikes Back. It was in uh, all these things, all these video games. Like, it's just, it's the first Star Wars location. It's the theme park of Star Wars. I don't think one 10-minute cameo in a Mandalorian episode is going to, like, ah, now I'm burnt out. Now that did it
2: that did it for me (laughs) yeah my comparison is the fact that it came out just months before we got our big movie visit back to Tatooine didn't do anything for me
0: if they went to Lars Homestead maybe but
2: Mm -hmm. um okay well anything else you guys want to add about the visual effects
1: uh no no, but I'd like to comment that he's as attractive as ever
0: I will agree with that he has very good hair
1: He ages so well. Fine And he's very
0: cool. Like, I could feel like... Don't you feel like he's the kind of guy who would never get, like, toilet paper stuck to his shoe just by, like, a law of nature? You know? Like, he would never trip on the sidewalk. Like, Ewan McGregor is just, like, the coolest guy. I can never see him, like, not look cool is what I'm trying to say. Like, he never chokes on food.
1: You mean because he was wearing a white t-shirt and wore the hell out of it?
0: Never has a booger, like, hanging out of his nose. Nothing. Just so cool all the time. Also, I think... What if the show's named Ben Kenobi? Because they don't want it to just be Kenobi.
2: What if it's just Ben?
0: That would be a problem because then you have the Ben Solo people. And, you know, I think. What does Ben that mean? Kenobi. Then you have
1: the Ben Solo people.
0: Because <laughs> they identify... They use Ben all the time. Just Ben, 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 Ben. To the point where they don't even associate Ben with Ben Kenobi if you do a show just called Ben, they're gonna make it. It's I think it's gonna cause problems. So Ben Kenobi, I think would I, be. I good. see
2: that. Yeah. I see that. I understand that. Um, I think probably just Kenobi. Just Kenobi's probably. <laughs> it. It's just so like there it is. Yeah, cause cause I think I think they want the. You're uh, probably right. It's just. I I I think there's something about like the one word title there. That when people are talking about the show, they just—I know it's called *The Mandalorian*, but I think uh, just the one word is like the way to go usually for these.
0: Ironically, I don't even think *Solo* should have been called *Solo*.
1: I don't think so either.
0: I think it should have been called like I, *The Adventures of Han Solo* or something, like the whole *A Star Wars Story* thing. I think made naming these movies very difficult.
1: Yeah. That's why I find Dude. it funny that Ewan McGregor was like, hello there, the Ben Kenobi Star yeah, Wars right. story. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> um, he did say it, the hello went, there. Yeah. I
2: remember when it was announced and they were like, it was like Star Wars anthology, and people are like, that's cool. And then they're like, never mind, we take that back. We're going to call it a Star Wars story. And people are like, no yeah, i want to know whose idea that was st-
1: the anthology series was cool you're like oh cool it's like a collection of stories from all different people yeah yeah, yeah. they that. make
0: the dvds look like books and you put them on your shelf or something i could get that I can yeah get a star
2: that. wars story to me felt immediately like like it was marketing came up with that and they were like because
1: they needed to add star wars for that seo yeah, but even well, it, even though
2: it was it was still Star Wars, though, wasn't it? Like Rogue One, Star Wars anthology.
1: No, it was just it was just, it was just Rogue One as part of the anthology series. Like,
0: but why couldn't they do it like they do with the other movies, where it's like The Empire Strikes Back? No one calls it Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Well, it's kind of like John's gonna get mad. <laughs> We're so off the. It's kind of like if you did like Ant Man, a Marvel Cinematic Universe story. Yeah. you know what i mean like it makes no sense it's right. just ant-man
2: you're right why would i get mad
1: guardians that? of the galaxy because you hate when we do marvel comparisons you know
2: what though i i mm-hmm. i don't know that it isn't called marvel's ant-man though could be that- but it's not called a marvel story like
0: what like why wasn't yeah. solo called star wars the adventures of han solo done
2: that's a long that's a long title i like it but I would be like, do we want to call our movie that?
0: I mean, Indiana Jones and the Fate of the Crystal Skull.
2: <laughs> That's true. The Fate of the Crystal Skull. The Raiders of the Lost Temple. That's Come not on. even. I'm now <laughs> a Or nice like experiment.
1: the original title for, for Star Wars was like something crazy long. It was like the oh, Adventures of Luke Skywalker Saga Book One Galaxy. As told by the extension. Journal of the Wills. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. Luke Starkiller and oh. the. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, what? And Star <laughs> Wars.
0: Well, George Lucas is doing um, what we did. He was—he just looked at what all his old favorite shows were titled, and they were probably really stupid. Because SEO didn't even exist back in 1950. You know. No, the anthology series
2: is <laughs> definitely
1: cool.
0: Yeah,
2: it was probably a Star Wars story, The Adventures of Han Solo as told by the Journal of the Wills. And they're like, you <laughs> yeah. know what, Solo. <laughs> like just and then, like you say, long out.
0: story short, this this <laughs> damn thing's just gonna be called Kenobi.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I hope it um, is. straightforward.
2: Right, yeah. All right, let's talk about this This next story. Um, this is a rumor, uh, but it has been a pretty heavy, prominent rumor for a little while now, and it just seems like it's getting more and more confirmed, granted by the same people. This is coming from uh, Kessel Run Transmissions, uh, you know, Noah Outlaw and uh, Corey Van Dyke. Dyke, yeah. And uh, he, both of them, are pretty much just confirming they know what's going on within Star Wars Animation, and there's... Um, A lot of different things that they've actually pitched, but the the one, the focus that they're they're really dead set on is that there's going to be a Clone Wars show uh, that's like a spinoff of the Clone Wars series, most likely following Ahsoka and Rex, and that this might actually be announced ahead of um, what they also have thrown out as a rumor or, you know, they're, they're hearing the Rebel show. So even though the Rebel Show has been a rumor for longer coming from them, the the Clone Wars spinoff show is likely to happen first. So, John, I'm back at you. What do you think about this?
0: I've been having like such a hard time following their um, like posts about this. You know. Um, because it started with the Rebels thing and, and then now this thing came up and there's been a lot of like overlap and maybe that's just on my part that I'm confused on how much is going on. Like Grant wrote it up for us on Star Wars Newsnet to try to put it together and he like posted all of their tweets from the last six months which I just, you know, scrolled through. I just tried to like wrap my head around it. I mean, they're, they're saying like 100% this is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like no breathing room for their reputation which... I mean, uh, uh, if, if I was going to do that, I would obviously be certain about something I was trying to s- scoop, right?
1: You mean like the Kenobi series? Yeah,
0: I was. Yeah, that one was pretty confident about that one. Um, uh, and then the um, Ahsoka story. I'm very confident in that one, too. But I, I, I it, let's just say for the argument's sake that this is true. These two series are happening, right? Let's just do that. Mm-hmm. Grand, it's just a rumor, You're not confirmed by anything. You're saying
1: rebels and this Clone Wars spinoff.
0: A follow-up to Rebels series, which is supposed to come out this fall, and then a spin-off Clone War series with the Bad Batch that's supposed to air next year.
2: That's true. I might actually. So at one point it was Ahsoka and Rex, and then now it's kind of Bad Batch. Bad Batch. Maybe. Yeah.
0: He, here's the deal. To me, if these are true, which again, just rumors, not confirmed by anybody, but for argument's sake, they're true. This to me sounds like the Star like Lucasfilm is using their animation department at least for the foreseeable future to cater to their existing animated audience. The group of people who absolutely love the Clone Wars, love Rebels, we're feeding you guys. We are not concerned with bringing new people in to try to widen the net for animation. Uh, we know what works and we know what you people like. We throw you a show with these characters, you'll eat it up, you'll like it, you'll fiend for more. Another season, another season, got the assets of the animation, we can do that. It's like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. That th- These shows aren't paying Disney's mortgage. Like th- These are fun animated series, they're great, fans love them, they're wonderful stories. But to me, this is a like sideways move. This isn't going forward, this isn't bringing animation forward to me. The Bad Batch was a, a debut in Season 7 of The Clone Wars. People like them. I could see them doing some sort of like the A-Team show with them. And it'll be fun and maybe a little bit nostalgic in that sense. But to me, this also makes me think that Filoni is leaving, maybe leaving animation. Because this doesn't sound like something I could see him wanting to be involved in. If he's looking, based on what he's saying in Disney Gallery, movies career forward and do bigger and better things... These two shows, if those are real, don't line up with that line of thinking to me. So, do they have other people in line now to take over on Disney Plus for Star Wars animation? It's very possible. I'd be disappointed to see if Dave Filoni was just doing this stuff. So, I'm very curious to see you know, what the deal is. But it none of this interests me very much. I'm down to watch how they find Ezra and do all that stuff. I really couldn't care less about the Bad Batch. I, I would be hoping for more interesting new stuff to come out of Star Wars animation than let's spin off the Clone like The Clone Wars is such a small period in time in Star Wars. You do seven seasons of that, more content than any other Star Wars we've had, and now you're going to do spin-off shows with characters that just uh, it just... It seems excessive to me. It seems like they're milking it a bit. And again, I think they're just doing it to appease the audience that they know will eat it up. Not that it's gonna that that it doesn't mean it's bad, but people love their Clone Wars, they love their animated Star Wars, and you're
2: gonna get fed. Hmm. Let's see. Wh- any any thoughts on this?
1: My thoughts are that n- no offense to the people that are saying these things, but I will believe it once it's announced by Disney slash Lucasfilm. I feel like. We live in a world, especially the past few years, where like all these crazy things are said and reported on, and you can't help but kind of be like, are you sure? So um, if they're right, great. I'm happy for those fans to get content that they will enjoy. Um, I have to agree with John. I don't think Dave Filoni is going to be involved, and if he is, I think it's going to be more of a like higher up executive producer role to make sure everything's good to go and not necessarily like working in the nitty gritty like slap
2: his name on it for cred
1: yeah like j.j abrams does that a lot kind of
2: resistance in a way
1: yeah j.j abrams does that a ton with series and stuff it will be like brought to you by you know executive produced by (laughs) j.j abrams and you're like okay Mm -hmm. he like looked at the script once or something like that um i i honestly think dave filoni from what we've seen from the mandalorian from uh you know the gallery series especially is that dave is looking to move forward in his career to move forward in uh filmmaking and television production and i think he's made it pretty clear that He started in animation. He started in storyboards. He didn't think he could make this jump to television. George kind of mentored him and and pushed him in the right direction to make that kind of jump or leap of faith that he could do it. He now trusts in his abilities to do animation. He feels like he's nailed it, which he has. And now he's looking to take that next step into live action, which he's done with the Mandalorian. So the question is, okay, what's next? And I don't think he wants to step backwards into animation. I think the only reason he did the Clone Wars is because he wanted to finish the story. I don't think it's because he was like, ah, yes, this is for my career. I think it was to con- complete the stories that he had worked on. Um, so I could see him, again, being an executive producer or maybe, like, kind of just being like, yep, that's good, but not being as hands-on involved like he was with Rebels. Um, yeah, that's how I feel.
2: Yeah, I mean, both of you bring up good points about Dave, and I didn't even really think about that aspect of the story. For me, I'm I'm I came into this thinking my feelings towards this story was going to be what I said about that Thrawn story mm-hmm. when we talked about it before, which is like, I'm just done. I I I don't care. I'm I'm gonna hear rumors. 100 percent 50 percent we're pretty sure we're positive like all these different stories are getting so tossed around that it's almost annoying now like there's a there's a I, and i almost i feel bad like if somebody came to me and they were like hey man here's a bunch of like artwork this is definitely happening i want you to be the guy who releases a story i would feel bad right now being like Hey guys, uh, there's a Sabine live action show coming. <laughs> Dude, James, remember? Remember when?
0: Um, I don't even want it, you know. <laughs> remember when I I broke the Kenobi series? How many other reports out there were of a Rose series, uh, a mall oh. series? So people like thought I was. I mean, full of you know what? The the I felt that same way. Confirmed, yeah. I've, um, yeah, I felt that same the,
1: way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I mean I like you can pretty much name a fairly relative character right now. <laughs> and there's a rumor that they're, they're getting a live action or, or their own show or whatever. So I'm, I'm very, I don't care about that, but you, John, you did bring up looking at this, like assuming that it's, it's actually happening. And I was like, okay, so assuming this is in fact actually happening, I'm, I'm definitely okay with, the idea of the rebels stuff, because we've talked about that. And I think that show set up for the next story. Yeah. They told you at the end, the rest of the story is coming in some form or another. You just have to wait, be patient. It's coming. Right. Um, I don't think clone wars did that. And, uh, even though it would be kind of interesting to see some, you know, exactly what happens to Ahsoka and Rex after this, I already know what happens to Ahsoka one year after this because we have the book. And if you want to say, well, it's not about them; it's actually going to be about the Bad Batch and all the adventures they went on. I'm like, I don't think that's your. That's, I don't think that was like a huge fan favorite. Like people liked the Bad Batch and were okay with them, but it was being drawn very heavily to Ninja Turtles and other things like that. And you know, the storyline of echo not knowing where to go. So he chooses them. Yeah, sure. That's a good ending place. I don't need to know. I don't need to know where they go from there. Yeah. If somebody wants to tell me that story in some form, I'd be okay to listen, but that's not the show that I'm going to be like, yes, that's exactly what I wanted. More bad batch, more echo. Mm -hmm. So I'd be surprised, but, like you said, you bring up that point. It reeks of Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni saying, "I'm out," and they're like, "Can't you give us one more?" Fine, we'll just use the stuff that we already know works and pump it right back out. Yep. And it and it's missing the heart and the understanding of why those stories were great in the first place. Right? It's like it's it's not that we love the characters. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's like we we, we love the journey that the characters went on. And and now that they're closed, we're okay with walking away from them. Yeah. <laughs> and that was in a weird way.
0: I don't know if it's like contractually based in terms of how Filoni is employed or whatever. But like when they made the shift, was he contracted to make five series? And they're like, look, we know you're doing Mando, but your contract says you are you were supposed to give us five animated series. And like you say, he's like, "Ah, oh, well... You know, like you Mm -hmm. said, just do that, do that, make that work. Mm -hmm. But the Bad Bash thing, like people like, ah, they put him in season seven as a test to see if people want to see him, And then they're going to make the animated series. We know that those animated series are well into production long before uh yeah we don't know what it is out, but there's so.
2: three series there's three or four already <laughs> being worked on the, yeah think. so they you just have to know,
0: it, you know? i'd be surprised if they were going to make a whole series dedicated to this group of characters before they knew whether people liked them like imagine yeah. they, they're like oh, oh man yeah, yeah. let's get into work steven stanton come in you're gonna voice this guy you're gonna do this guy we got three seasons in the books then clone war season seven comes out and everyone's like man the bad batch sucks It is terrible. These guys are the worst. That Rambo
2: ripoff guy. And they're like, we got three seasons in the can. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, especially like, you know, they didn't really do it for Bad Batch, but they did it for the characters involved in like the middle part of the series where they're like, I don't care about Ahsoka with these people. I care about Ahsoka getting to mall. And had they been like, I think think people are really going to like these characters and we should... uh, We should do a series on them. I mean, that it would have been it would have been a big backfire. But uh, another another good example of uh, shows. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We can move on to the next story. But I think that kind of showcases your point, John, is that out of nowhere. Like, we, we saw something a while back about something called Project Maverick, and I don't even remember, remember totally the details of why they even put that out there, but it was, like, it might have even been a leak. It leaked. But it was, like, it leaked. was pro- in the
1: PS4 store, like, in the background as, like, something they put in to hold, like, a placeholder.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Or yeah, and it mm-hmm. was just, like, Project Maverick, and had that not gotten out there the first thing we ever would have saw of this thing is basically the completed game. Like, yeah, we've, we've already got the stories. We already know the modes we've already got. I mean, we're still working on the technical details and I'm sure they are right now, mm-hmm. but that game is done. You, you know, it's, it's all we've seen it. Um, they're just trying to put the, the last little finishing touches on. Um, And that just goes to show that, like, you can work on something and be, you know, basically completely done. And then they just drop the bomb out of nowhere, which is partially why those are a little bit believable stories. Like, hey, we're going to get the announcement. They're going to show you a big trailer and all that stuff. But um, but as far as Squadrons goes, let's talk about it. We got the uh, game trailer that came out and then officially the EA Play uh a video happened the live stream happened we got some gameplay so Lacey, i'm back to you on this one what do you think of squadrons are you
1: excited so as you guys know i'm a huge fps gamer like i i, I like shooting stuff i'm like running into battles and doing like just causing havoc so <laughs> this is interesting because it's all of that just in a ship basically um My problem is, is that I've always had problems with, uh, like, it's controlling the ship and flying the ship, which is a little tougher than just running around. Like, the gravity and physics of it are, like, driving a ship, so Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) it's a
1: little more touchy, so I'm interested to see what those controls are like, but um overall the game looks beautiful i mean in the trailer when they showed that shot of like sunrise sunset where they're flying and they're battling and the ship comes out of the clouds it's it's beautiful um i will definitely get this game and play it i'm keeping an open mind that i'm gonna like it because it's star wars and star wars games tend to be super fun but it's definitely not something that I would normally buy because it's like kind of like a flight simulator type fighting game, and those are definitely not my favorite things. Um, but there are just so many different modes from like uh, dogfight to more strategy-based games. Um, there's campaign where you can play the good guys or the bad guys. Um, a lot of customization. I actually laughed out loud in the, game tra- the gameplay trailer when they're like, yeah, you can customize your ship. And then they had, like, an Ewok bobblehead inside the ship off to the left-hand side. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, (laughs) that's a little funny. Um, But other than that, like, I'm super interested to see where this goes because this is kind of different than all the other stuff we've gotten so far. You know, they do a little bit of this in, in Battlefront where if you happened during a fight, one ship becomes available, then you can jump in it. And I usually crash into the ground and then we start all over. But this one is like only ships. So.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't play video games, but I do watch the video games being played. So I'm excited about this particular (laughs) thing because uh the, it is gonna have a story mode and it's not just a straight thing. And they've you know, like I, w- I I don't care about Battlefront, sure. but I do care about Iden Versio and the story that was sure. involved with that. Right. So I am excited fair. that there is yeah. a story mode. The interesting thing about this story mode is that you know, right now there's no movies and there's barely any TV. So right now the books and the games and the comics and stuff are all kind of like taking a forefront. This game involves um uh Vanguard Squadron. Vanguard Squadron was mentioned in the first Alphabet Squadron and coming right off of the the book that's getting released tomorrow, Shadowfall, which is the sequel to uh, Alphabet Squadron, Vanguard Squadron is mentioned pretty heavily in that book. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't also doubt then that when you're playing this game, the things mentioned in this book are going to be the story mode. So you're going to it's it's all synergy for you read the book you learn more about the game you go play the game then you get to live it then you like maybe see characters from Alphabet Squadron and and other people like Hera for instance it's funny I forgot that Hera was in the trailer Ray Sloan's uh, in the trailer uh, uh, too no she's not that's not Ray Sloan I don't think so
1: a bunch of people said it was yeah a
2: bunch of people talked I looked at it I don't think that's Ray Sloan
1: I haven't had enough times to watch it I just know that the first reaction that's what everyone was saying
2: I mean unless unless it's from the game the gameplay thing that just happened, but the thing in the trailer I don't think that's right.
0: I love the five the five hundred people that thought they were the first person to point out Wedge. That was my favorite part of the trailer.
1: <laughs> that was very funny. But I people think like, I think excited. that's Wedge. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um but uh, but I definitely love the the synergy going back and forth. I think that, that stuff is always really cool. Um, as far as the actual flight sim of it, I think, you know, they said it in the EA play thing. Like, this is the epitome of the, the Star <coughs> Wars flight sim game, if you will. Sure. And it's 100% right. I mean, taking all of the things that you think, like, if you were actually flying one of these ships, you would have to think about, you know, your shields, your fuel, your speed, uh, power, your weapons, all that stuff and you know just like we're watching like a like a pod race or something it's like oh I'm diverting all my power to shields the rear shields because they're behind me and I I'm going to be absolutely amazed um, at people who get really good at this game and I think it's going to be awesome I've also played they did a um, they did a, a thing for Rogue One before the movie came out and it was in with PlayStation VR and my friend has PlayStation VR so I came over and played that and it is nuts they're doing this in I VR almost, too. i well that's what i'm saying is i almost forget that this is this is a game you're going to be playing without vr vr's the point mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what this is all about you're flying in the ship you're looking everywhere and trust me the playstation vr stuff man it's good it feels it feels good mm-hmm. it feels right you're in it um you can't so i watch this trailer this? and i go no
1: you can you, you can play it in oh
2: VR. wow yeah. yes it's all yeah the whole game is in vr in fact like when you're in vr the fir- the story is first person view oh wow the story mode you can't is. change they're mode? showing you what do you mean change mode like
0: it's um you know in some games you could switch from first person view to third person where you see your ship
2: or
1: not when you're in vr v- yeah I- <laughs>
0: You
2: might, but probably not if you're playing the VR version of it. Oh, that would make know? sense, yeah,
0: because you need to be you and your thing yeah, looking around.
2: Yeah. Um, but but I think, like, when you get in the ship, man, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of some of these shots and looking at the scenery and, and imagining, like, just a group of friends, like, all getting together and being like, all right, you know, and they're yelling at each other, you take them on the yeah. they mm-hmm. that you can only see, like, what, <laughs> out your TIE fighter window and stuff. It's just it's way, way cooler to me than than when I see people playing Battlefront because I because I go, I mean, it's Call of Duty or whatever, you know, and I know it's exciting because it's Star Wars and it's still fun because there's different aspects of the game. But this to me is a whole new level of realism, you know, VR, you're out there and and. You know, you're moving your lightsaber around. It's never gonna feel like a real physical fight, but you're in a cockpit, you know, and you're pushing buttons and stuff, moving the throttle. James gonna get yeah, that. Yeah, but it's James. still
1: on a game controller, though. Like, let's take it a step back. It's still VR, yes, but you're not actually in a cockpit. You're still taught. You're still on a controller, so it's kind of still like there's still one mm. step behind.
0: What if they make the controller like um, a flight? It, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. So so you you hold the controllers in your hand, and you're going to be pushing buttons. That's cool. Like, you can see your hands move.
1: I I guess. I don't think you're
2: going to be sitting there with, like, a PlayStation controller.
1: It depends what you hook your rig up to.
2: James, you're going to be getting those quotes I, I, on the back of the game box. I <laughs> I agree. I agree that if you're playing it on PC or whatever, it's it's just going to be that. If you need to divert your shields or turn them on or whatever, you're going to press S. I get that. But like in the VR thing, that's, that's what gets me excited as I'm like, no, you're going to push the button for shields. And that's awesome.
1: Yeah. The other thing that stuck out to me was yeah. um, that I found interesting was that you can't play multiplayer online until you play at least some time in all eight ships. They won't let you play online, which I kind of appreciate because sometimes you have people in, you know, Battlefront. Noobs? Not noobs, but people that haven't used all the different ships or weapons or whatever Mm -hmm. so then they quickly grab like like, x-wing yeah it's like when you used to play halo like you'd have everybody run to the ships or run to the vehicles or whatever Mm -hmm. and then you'd get someone that wouldn't know how to fly the ghost and you'd be like why are you doing this and then Mm -hmm. this one you have to at least have experience and gameplay in those vehicles um but it just seems like the overall game is allowing you to decide what your experience is. If you're good guys, bad guys, what ship are you flying? There's so many different... Each ship has different capabilities. Some are,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: obviously faster and have more uh, firepower. And then some have more fire... Like, the most firepower but are slower. So you have to be, like, strategic on which one you're picking and why.
2: And support and refilling right, refueling right. and stuff. You start yeah. to bring in that, like, aspect of, like, the tank, the healer. Yeah. And stuff Strategy, like that. Yeah. Like, and and i just think like even even when the story mode was part of it i was like i know they're doing a story mode and stuff but to me like you know how battlefront is like there's the story mode but like people play people battlefront over and over and over again because yeah. they want the multiplayer yeah i just see this i was like dude man people just being like yo you want to jump in some y wings and go blow you know, some stuff up yeah go play some dog fights man just matches just over That's and like over top and over gun again.
0: that is that does sound interesting
2: yeah, and I agree I agree with Lacey. Like, Flight Sims, just in general, like, I mean, I would think it was cool to have, like, a VR Top Gun game. I would be like, oh, that's neat, but it's not the same as, like, Y Wings, A Wings, Tie Strikers, you know? Like, that's cool, man. That's something you want to do over and over and over again. But not John, right? Well, I mean, I,
0: I haven't <laughs> bought a, a game console since PS3 yeah. in, like, 09. So it's been like 11 years since I bought a gaming console and my son broke that, so that's gone. Um, But I I mean, hearing you talk about it excites me because that is interesting to me because it doesn't seem like it's something that would overwhelm me in terms of button combinations or things like there's probably a mode where I can be like, I can fly this, I can use a target thing, I can blow that dude up. That's cool for me, you know? I don't like the complexities of some games today where it's just like so, so much is going on that it's not even fun anymore. And I want to like hum a controller. I know a lot of people are controller hummers like me if you, you get too annoyed. But I don't know. Maybe one day I'll pick up another console. I guess it would have to be a PS5 because you don't want to buy a new console and have it be Make already space. Out- it's gigantic. Is it? Yeah. So now, I'm going to wait for the, the... You know there's a thinner one already made that they're going to wait to release. That's the one it's I'll get. huge.
1: The PS five is so
0: I'll get the PS five what do they call this they just call it the skinny versions. Remember like Yeah. I'll (laughs) get the PS five slim when that comes out in twenty twenty one.
1: Well that's like my PS four died this past year and I cried. And so I went out and bought a new one and I got the PS4 Pro, and then literally the next week they were like, Hey, guess what's coming out later this year? PS five. And I was (laughs) like, Screw you, Sony.
0: (laughs) If I (laughs) (laughs) If I ever get a PS five and get my ps5 slim you're not gonna be... get
1: one but you can come over to my house to play it if you want if
0: i do it i'm gonna start a twitch channel i'll have a cool name and uh that'll be it you will come watch me on i twitch. Know you don't
2: have a good computer but it's pc as well what is oh you can play
0: the game on P- on pc mm-hmm my computer's sweet, dude.
2: PC, Xbox, and PlayStation, and it's all cross play. So, <laughs> James talking even
0: smack if, about my computer on the podcast. <laughs> well, I
2: know well, your I'm computer saying, stinks, but. Uh, I'm not saying it stinks. Yeah. I'm saying I don't know if you have a computer that would be able to handle the game.
0: My computer can handle DOS games. Because it's
2: not built for <laughs> DOS games. Yeah,
1: it's not a gaming um, computer.
2: All right. Yeah.
0: But um, seems cool. I like the cameos, like you guys talked about. Maybe there's probably gonna be some surprise cameos in there, and play, people you, that you access after you do certain things and stuff.
1: But you don't yeah, get the it, excitement of hitting someone in the face, though. Yeah, that's my one setback. You know, back. Luke
0: Skywalker's gonna be in this game. You know, he's gonna pop up. Dude, I think that T-65 is gonna come flying
2: by in one scene. Come on. I think I'd rather like. The satisfaction of being able to blow a, a, another player out of his TIE fighter, you know what I mean? I think it would be better than just shooting him.
1: I'm not talking mm. about shooting him. I'm talking about hitting him in the face.
2: Mm. Can you do that in Battlefront? Yes. You can, like, punch people? Yeah. Is it like like it was in Halo, where they're, like, <laughs> running you know when and you trying can't to stab him pun- back away <laughs> really fast? You
0: can't punch people in pod racing. That's what you can't do
2: um all right
1: <laughs> john, that's, that's true
2: can't punch people in uh a, in a space. Pitfall either john <laughs> <laughs> you can jump on the alligator head though you best you me all right that's it uh then i guess for resistance report lacy what's up next
1: speaking of pod racing which i'm assuming what john was trying to do now oh, it's time. I just got that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't
0: punch people on a segue either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now it's time for the Patreon Pod Race. So, as you guys know, there are a lot of different ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe here on YouTube, uh, follow us on SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts, what else, Spotify, Google, etc., Um, Follow us on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And then also, if you want more content and more from us, including almost eight plus, probably way more than that, uh, mini episodes a month and polls and much more. You We make a lot of content. We really do. Probably too much. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast where we have tiers starting at $2 a month. And all the way up to the top tiers, you can get involved in the show and have access and group chats and much more. Um, So this is our Patreon Padres where we give generals a chance to be a part of the show um, to give us their insight on Star Wars because we all love it. So this week we're hearing from Andrew and we asked him, would you want to see Darth Vader appear in in the Kenobi series, even if it means he and Kenobi may not cross paths? Andrew... Take it away.
2: Yeah, definitely bring Darth Vader back in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Um, Anytime you have a chance to use one of cinema's most iconic villains, uh, definitely take advantage of it. Um, The biggest thing I would say with the Kenobi series is make sure it's a surprise, kind of like Baby Yoda in uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian. Uh, Don't tell the audience that Darth Vader's going to be featured and just let the moment happen and let everybody enjoy it. Um, But it'd be a natural fit to have uh, kind of the storylines interact somewhat even if obi-wan and darth vader don't cross paths uh but uh, it'd be a neat way to see uh how things have transpired since episode three and uh i think it's something that all fans would uh really embrace and really enjoy and it might even bring in people who weren't going to watch kenobi to tune in and and see what it's all about so uh thanks a lot guys i hope everyone's doing well and um until next time may the force be with you
1: all right Awesome job, Andrew. Uh, Love your collection behind you. I say that every time you're on the show, but man, it is mesmerizing and wonderful. Uh, John, what did you think of his answer besides, obviously, Darth Vader's the best?
0: Andrew, I thought your answer was good. Um, (laughs) Andrew, um good job man i i agree you got the golden goose as we call them uh use them where it makes sense and having vader show up in the kenobi series doesn't mean he has to cross paths with um, obi-wan plenty of times in star wars where something's going on over here and you move over here and check in what's going on over there so uh the empire is very real very full bore in charge of the galaxy at this point makes a lot of sense to say let's see what vader's doing during this time where obi-wan's got this going on and maybe that could help even more build that tension that's leading up to that ultimate battle on the death star um so i i i dig uh what you had to say there um fans embracing it who may not have watched kenobi originally uh, maybe someone like a james baney will watch the kenobi series if they find out vader's in it i don't know i'm just kidding james no but uh andrew you uh you're the man. You're always uh, very positive, and I uh, really appreciate it. Always like seeing you pop in on the Patreon Padres, and uh, can't thank you enough for your uh, continued support and um, being uh, part of the TRB community. Um, honored, and I hope you're digging uh, that NASCAR is back in, in full swing. Though uh, I don't know if your boy Jimmy Johnson's getting a win this year, but I'm pulling for one more from the guy.
1: James,
2: isn't aren't Jimmy Johnson's hot dogs?
1: jimmy johns is actually a jimmy johns
2: i think oh. are you thinking All of right, jimmy uh, dong's chili dogs <laughs> yeah uh no i i i think he could potentially show up i you know it's funny the question too could answer by the way because i think you're right i think like they would probably want to use him because he's a big asset but raise the next question of if they did want to keep him a surprise or, or would they be like, nah, dude, we got Vader in this thing. We got to use him in the marketing. You know, I almost feel like it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to put him in the show and keep him a surprise. It's almost like it's gotta be one or the other. Mm. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm excited for it. I think you did a good answer. Thanks. Um, thanks for doing the pod race this week. Yeah.
1: Andrew, great answer. Like we all said, um, I agree with you. I, I would love to see Vader be a surprise. I think, we live in a world right now where leaks and scoops are every day. And I just want once to be surprised by something. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for support. Uh, we appreciate it. And now we're going to head over to John for more fan interaction with Ask the Resistance. John. I've been wondering, what are midichlorians?
0: That's what we do around here. You know, the TRB base is always open for the three of us and for all of you out there.
2: And anyone who has a key.
0: Yeah. A lot of keys these days. <laughs>
1: John's gone. giving out keys willy-nilly.
0: Yeah.
2: I know. He's like, I got to make a trip to Home Depot.
0: <laughs> Have them actually make physical keys. <laughs> we start mailing keys to our guests. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like orange keys with our logo orange on the key. end. Yeah.
0: Like or just get those oversized keys like the keys yeah. to the city that people get. That would that'd be kinda yeah. cool, actually.
2: Um all I right. know someone who has a key to the city to the a key to the city that they live in. Who? Uh some guys from See, I don't want to say it because you're gonna be like sweet brag. But uh which is actually kind of a hint if anybody knows, but um yeah, band They they did a a festival in their hometown and they got given the keys to the city very good good for them Sun related.
0: yeah all right it is time for ask the resistance <laughs> here we go all right three questions this week this first one's coming from um mark magaha via the resistance base uh mark thank you uh via patreon uh asked will lucasfilm do some sort of Digital celebration similar to what DC is doing in place of San Diego Comic Con. Uh, Lacey, you may have touched on this earlier in the open, but uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Hey, Mark. Thanks for your question. Um, so, if you had asked me this a week ago before they canceled, or over a week ago before they canceled, um, I would have said absolutely, if it would make sense if they're canceling to do something digital. Uh, I'm hearing that there are no plans for anything digital for a celebration. I hear that they're just going to be like, see you next time. And they might do like a Star Wars show, but like nothing in the sense of panels. Um, I found it super interesting for May the 4th. They didn't do any type of digital panels or interviews with anybody for Star Wars Celebration when Pop did it for all their other shows, including with obviously Star Wars guests. Um, so I'm going by the information that's been given to me, which is no, they aren't. Sorry.
0: Bummer. Oh, we'll have mm. to do something maybe. Um, James, would you like to answer a question? Um, no, you
2: can do yours and then I'll do mine. All
0: right, I don't want to do one either. So, all right, guys. Well, that is, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, James, Eric at the real Eric Kish asked, uh, how do we think Vader knew where to go after the Battle of Scarif at the end of Rogue One? How did he end up right behind the Tantive IV at the beginning of A New Hope when Leia had a head start and he was left on the Mon Cala Cruiser?
2: Good question, Eric. And in my own experience, I have looked at this since the since I saw Rogue One and I saw that the Tantive IV take off into Lightspeed. I go, well, that doesn't make any sense. I just knew like as soon as it happened I thought wait a second that doesn't make any sense um so I haven't really thought about it other than the fact that I'm I've just kind of put faith in the story group and, and whenever they figure it out they're gonna they're gonna have to come up with something but in my head how I have come up with it and this is not the answer is that in a moment of panic They didn't have the time to put in the coordinates to Tatooine. So they light sped away from the battle. Now they go to wherever they're going, right? Wherever they ended up. And then they have to stop, change coordinates and then head over to, to the place. And they might even need to like kind of sort out where they're going because maybe the pilots and stuff don't know they're supposed to go to Tatooine yet. So it's all like coordinating how that's going to go. But meanwhile, while they're going off to this other secondary location so that they can try and go back to Tatooine, Vader has managed to get the information out of somebody on board about where that ship went. So they lightspeed to Tatooine and they just sit there like J.J. Abrams Star Trek. And whenever they show up, they were already there waiting for them
0: i like that that's that's
2: that's my that's my Mm. guess i don't know um but yes that is currently i think like a kink in the canon
0: a kink (laughs) in the canon all right um okay uh christian morales uh also via the resistance base on planet patreon um <laughs> will we
2: ever? <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, yeah.
0: It sounds like it could be a planet. Um, will we ever get a Star Wars roadmap to see what future projects, uh, when future projects are coming, or what future projects are coming? Um, so, Christian, I, I, you know, I would love that. Um, you see Marvel doing it, and you get jealous as a Star Wars fan when you know we joke about on the show about we keep seeing who's making them and they're untitled and who's producing them or show running them, but we're not getting actual show and movie info but i think what's going to be decided here is who is whether kathleen kennedy is in charge of lucasfilm uh two years from now or not um i think there's this i don't know what why this decision was made or when it was made but when the merger happened some kind of decision went into place where lucasfilm was like everything's in-house everything's very secretive not going to release too much far in the distance for whatever reason, that's the culture and public perception they want to put out there. Um, I think that's a, a dated, I think that's a dated, archaic way of handling your business these days, especially with the way you know leaks and scoops and everyone else is kind of just like, yeah, we're doing all this, and you can know all about it. There you go. Um, I think that's going to change um, if Kathleen Kennedy is no longer in charge of Lucasfilm. Um, She's old school and I respect the hell out of that. Um, I have no problems with how they operate. That's fine. But I think a change would would come if there's a change at the the helm there. So uh, I think that's what it comes down to. And then maybe we will get that sort of thing where it's like, listen, here's the deal. You're getting this movie about this in 2027. This is going on here and this is going on there. Uh, But until then, uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of the same type of deal for the next couple of years. Uh, So that's my take on that. Um, But that is our take on everything Star Wars for this week on this Monday episode. So we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of the Resistance. Make sure you do subscribe to us, as we talked about before. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere you get your podcast apps. Um, Make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. Um, Rate the Resistance is going on. So if you want an opportunity to win a shirt that is unavailable on our Teespring site at teespring.com slash stores slash resistance broadcast. It is the Make Solo 2 Happen red variant. It is a red T-shirt with a white lettering of Make Solo 2 Happen. All you got to do is help us out by going to Apple Podcasts. If you're an iTunes Apple Podcast user, rate us, take a screenshot and tweet it to us at RBATSWNN using the hashtag rate the resistance you can submit those up until july 3rd we'll pick one winner to win one of those t-shirts that you can no longer purchase on our store so uh win-win you're helping us out and you may win a t-shirt so we really appreciate that very much um i think that's all that stuff uh you guys can find me on twitter at johnny hoey and at starwarsnewsnet.com james
2: Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Myer Trunks and also coming out tomorrow uh, hopefully if all goes well uh, the book discussion we're doing a book discussion again with Kyle Larson um, this time about Alphabet Squadron a Star Wars story I'm just kidding Shadowfall that comes out tomorrow so you know if you want to check out the the review and we do review at the beginning and then we move into spoilers so you can check out what we have to say about it and uh, if you don't care you're not going to read the book you can stick around for the spoilers Or you can watch half of it and come back later when you finish the book. But get excited. Shadowfall drops tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And shout out to Kyle for his uh, clip from his review, his written review Mm -hmm. on the first Alphabet Squadron is on the back cover of Shadowfall. So that's amazing. Uh, Alongside all these major trades, Star Wars news that got Mm -hmm. on there via Kyle's review. So great job, Kyle. Congrats on that, man. Uh, Lacey, where can people uh, chat you up?
1: So I'm going to get to that in a second, but I totally forgot something, and I feel terrible, so I'm just going to fix it here. Uh, okay. I need to thank the Patreon generals, which I didn't get to do, because I was so excited to hear Andrew's answer that I forgot to thank them. So I apologize. But. Do it. So thank do you it. to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa Movie Guy, Michael Gaines, Jetta Rosewater, Beer Fet Bethany. I <laughs> love Russ Harbison, uh Kendall Gelnar, and Val Chichkov. So thank you. Whoa, thank you I'm So sorry I didn't that, mention Val. that in that part. But now you get a cool shout out right now.
0: We used to do it at the end of the show. Which is still yeah. cool.
1: Yeah. But uh I didn't want you to think that I don't appreciate you because I do. Um you can find me online on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillarin
0: all right that is it for this one we will see you on thursday where we're bringing back the who are you quote game james is going to bring the quotes and it's going to be me versus Lacey facing off and uh, obviously we're going to talk about other fun stuff too as always so we hope you are doing well we hope you're safe healthy happy enjoy your weeks and we'll see you when the base opens thursday morning on the resistance broadcast see you around kids